Hello and welcome to another episode of 177 Nations of Tasmania. Timor-Leste, or East Timor, is one of Australia's youngest near neighbours, gaining independence from Indonesia in 1999. However, it was a difficult birth of a nation, with the first year marred with violence and instability. Now this is relevant to the story you're going to hear in this episode, which comes from Elvira, who was school age at the time of independence. And in this episode, you'll hear a little about her memories and experiences of that time and where she was. Elvira, along with many other East Timorese, came to Tasmania under the Seasonal Workers Visa Program to pick berries on a farm near Launceston some years ago. And she's been coming ever since. And normally she would stay for six months and return to East Timor. But of course, 2020 was not a normal year and a six-month stay turned into two and a half years, two years of which she was separated from her daughter who was still in East Timor. Fortunately, things have worked out, and Elvira's daughter joined her last year and has settled into school in Launceston. Now to hear more about her experiences both in Timor-Leste and in dealing with the challenges of being an overseas farm worker during the pandemic times, please stay tuned. I grew up mostly in Timor-Leste. I was born in 28th of August 1986 and yeah, I went to one of the primary school in Dili in my one of the suburb. And in 1999, uh, my mother has to reallocate me or move me to Indonesia to study in Bali because we have the referendum in 1999 I think it was in September I continued my middle school in Bali for two years and at that time when the war started in 1999 my mother my whole family they went as a refugee to West Timor in Kupang Indonesia so after I finished my two years middle school in Bali, I followed my mother and I moved to Kupang, West Timor. So I studied in, in Kupang for two years and then I decided to follow my father to East Timor. So I graduated in San Peter High School in Dili. And then, yeah, after that, I was graduated and became mother pretty young. <laughs> and yeah. And I didn't manage to continue to university, but then after I had my baby and delivered child, I started to looking for a job in Delhi. Yeah, so I started my working experience in 2005 from petrol station to one of the, for a few months, and then we had a, another political problem in Timor. So I'm, I was not able to have a job for a few months and I was trying to find another job in... Because my, my child was born in 2005, mm-hmm. in July. Um, then from petrol station, I moved to a pharmacy. And was it relatively easy to get work at that time or did you just have to look around for a while and take whatever you could find? Because I was quite young at the time. So it was, yeah, it was not easy because I don't have any experience. So I was just 
ask from family, from friends at that time. But with, with my young age at the time, I was 18 or 19, I was pretty happy to find something to do and to be able to help my partner and, and myself to also looking after of our child at that time. So you, you obviously had to move, move it around a few times when you were younger. And was that because of the instability in the country at the time? Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah we have no choice at that time because my mother was back in one of the districts we call Los Palos, my father's district. So we were, after, after my mother moved to me to Indonesia, to Bali, uh, she was struggling trying to get out from Los Palos in one of the districts, but she was able to wait one of the boat from Dili to, uh, from Los Palos to Dili and find a way. And, and she was trying to find a way to get out from Dili to West Timor. But yeah, we have no choice at the time because we need to when we need to win out from the city because it was quite quite terrible at that time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean for people who don't know the the history, in 1999 there was the referendum and independence for East Timor, but there was a lot of violence at the time, if I understand rightly. Yeah, yes, it is correct. Um, but personally, I didn't witness all of the violence because uh, I was finished my year seven at that time. So exactly before the um, election, my mother already moved me to Bali. So yeah. personally, I didn't witness by myself, but I was just watch. Uh, the incident they were from the news back in Bali. <laughs> so your pe- your mother had anticipated that there could be problems. Exactly, exactly. So she wanted you to be safe from to all that. To be safe. So she moved to me, I think, um, three or four months earlier to Bali and put me in one of the boarding house owned by a local church in Bali. It is belongs to a Catholic church in, in Denpasar. And was that a big, a big change for you? Was it very different from Timor? It's not that different because we were colonized by Indonesia for mm-hmm. a long time at the time, and I was studying during Indonesian occupation, and I can speak Indonesian fluently. So it was just a matter of a new environment, and I was quite young. I have to be away from family, and especially my mother, and stay in a boarding house it's pretty new for me it was a bit challenging Mm -hmm. i need to do things by my own and at that time and at the same time there was a reality there is a war back home and it it was pretty difficult and pretty sad uh, at that time and what did you hear about east timor while you were there What, what news did you get so we were at school at the time and suddenly the news came up on the TV and because I have my cousins and few Chimuris and we were watching the news and freak out and we saw people fighting, killing and guns everywhere and we saw um, the houses in East Timor start to burn, you know, mm-hmm. people fighting so we were just cried at the time. And we don't know what to do because we lost co- contact uh, with family for mm. quite a while, uh, for 
I think for about two weeks or three weeks. So we were just, oh my God, what is happening? How is our family, and especially my mom? Because I was, uh, yeah, I was just by myself and my cousin. Yeah. So we just, uh, we just, we were at the time we were just blank. We don't know what to do. We just cried every time, and we we even think to stop, stop studying and not mm. go to school. But then because we had a support from the nuns from the church and yeah, a lot of friends at the boarding house at the time to encourage us and keep us safe. When were you able to contact your family in Timor? And what did they tell you when you were able to get in touch? My mother was able to travel to Kupang, I think, after a month later. Yeah, and she 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 told us we were safe and we were one we were staying in one of the refugee camp in Noelbaki. That's where they call it in West Timor. So yeah, she said just don't worry, we were safe now, and we're just trying trying to settle in and find house to stay for you know at the moment for a temporary time. And after I graduated from my middle school, I asked my mom to move to West Timor and continue my high school in the, over there. What what was it like returning to Timor? So I returned to East Timor in my year 11, continue mm-hmm. my high school in Delhi. At that time, I was pretty happy because I decided to stay with my mother's family at the time. And But at that time, the condition of the city was pretty bad still because there's many buildings and schools are not in a good condition mm-hmm. after the war many houses were burned at that time but i was happy because my main goal is to move to east timor at the time to be able to find a scholarship because at the time the un mission was already there in delhi and i heard there is opportunity to study abroad so that was my main goal at that time what was different at that time is the school started to use their first language as Portuguese and moving from Indonesia to Portuguese was pretty difficult for me at that time. (laughs) But did you learn English at school as well? Yes, I did, but very different when you're starting to work, so the English that we learned in in the school at the time and from the trans, from the transitions that I've been through, yeah, it's a lot of changes because yeah. uh, I was able to work with UN Mission mm-hmm. as a local staff. Never had a curriculum vitae at the time, but okay. I was trying to. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, with a pretty simple CV at the time, I submitted to the UN compound at the time, and yeah, I was selected. Um, I had a job interview, and um, I met in one of the unit. They claim uh, they call it claims unit as a basic administrative clerk position pretty pretty simple job but yeah i learned and probably i can say i I started my career on on that job 
after UNDP, uh, at that time I tried to find a scholarship. Uh, I did apply. I heard a scholarship announcement to Hawaii at the time under East-West Center program. I did apply for that and I was selected. So I was able to do a foundation class for three months, but sadly I was sick uh, mm. when I was ready to go. So I didn't, I didn't go at the time. So they replaced me with my colleague. And yeah, I was trying to recover from my conditions and trying to get better and find another job again in 2011. And then um, I was... I was thinking to do some English course, a short English course, so at least I can get something to back up my education or my English level. So I was trying to apply to an online application in Charles Darwin University because mm-hmm. they, they also have English course in, under Navitas program. So. And yeah, I was glad because I was able to uh, complete all the documents, the the requirements. And I flew to Darwin in August or September 2012. So after I finished my three months English course in Darwin, I went back to Timor and again looking for a job. (laughs) And um, I was able to work in one of the USAID NGO mm-hmm. as admin assistant for a short term uh, for three months and then I moved to UNICEF for a few months. What actually did your parents do back in Timor when you were younger? My mother working with a government institution back during Indonesian occupation, and my father he was a he was working as a freelance in a private sector, but they were separated a long time ago when I was a child. And yes, at the moment, my mother today is actually my mother's birthday. She's turning to fifty nine. Uh-huh. And she retired this month. Okay. She's still in West Timor. She working at the government in Kupang, West Timor. My father um, is actually staying in Melbourne. Okay. With his new family. Yeah. So he did he immigrate? Yes. And yes, uh, my mother will retire this year, and hopefully, if the plan going well hopefully she can come and visit us this year hopefully <laughs> and do you also have brothers and sisters in Timor um no I don't I'm the only child oh, okay yeah same as my daughter she's the only child but we have big family back home you know, yeah quite a lot like probably 50 cousins um <laughs> yeah. and yeah um 50 auntie and uncles i think because <laughs> yeah. my mother have my mother had um eight brothers and sisters and i also have one cousin working with mountford berries at the moment currently what are you what are you doing here in tasmania so i came in tasmania in 2017 as a seasonal worker 
2017, there were 40 of us came into Tasmania and work with Hillwood Berries Farm. So you mean 40 East people, East Timorese? Yes, correct. Yeah. It was a quite big number of 40 of us and we were all new into this program. We've never been to Tasmania and most of us haven't got any experience working at the farm. It was challenging. So we came, we know Hillwood Berries owned by a Dornoff family, Robin and Karen Dornoff. So they went to do an interview in East Timor back in September 2017. I was selected as a team leader for that little group, 40 mm-hmm. of us, and we flew. We came to f- flew to Tasmania in October 2017. So we were here during six months working with Hillwood Berries because that was the length of contract. And also Hillwood Berries could only provide us with six months work as well for us. So yeah, since 2017, in October, we were working up to April 2018. And all of us have to have to go home and again come back after six months. So we came back in October 2018 and working for six months and went home in 2019. And again, we came back in 2019 and COVID hit at that time. So all of us were stuck here for two and a half years. So most of us went home last year, around April to July. And at that time, I was trying, in 2019, I was trying to get my daughter came to Tasmania, but before her visa was ready, COVID hit it and the border was closed. Ah. And yeah, she was stuck in East Timor and I was stuck in Tasmania. Yeah. <laughs> at that time, it was me and one of my Tongan colleagues, because... Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also trying to get his family, his wife and daughter, to come to Tasmania. Um, we were sponsored by the farm, by Hillwood Berry's donor family, to be able to get our fam- uh, our family. But most of our friends were not able to get that opportunity yet. So my daughter, uh, at the end, she was able to come in May last year, 22. Because you would you had worked for just six months and then normally you would go home. So in that time, what did you do here? So glad that we had a good um, boss. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they, were, they tried their best to find us uh, a job as well to be able to earn money and support our family back home. So at that time, we went to Queensland, to mainland. It was quite challenging. We heard that we are going to mainland. Many of us was questioned, where is mainland? (laughs) 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 We thought mainland, most of us thought mainland is a different, um, it's a different island, but no, actually. (laughs) Well, it is is a different island. (laughs) Um, Like out of Australia, some of us thought. (laughs) So we were excited. But it was, yeah, it was a big challenge because most of us 
were sent to a different um, city. Okay. So, for example, I was sent to Bowen, mm-hmm. Queensland, with, um, I think it was about 40 of us, only girls. We were working in Bowen for five months, picking zucchini and then to capsicum, uh, sorry, picking capsicum to zucchini and then from zucchini to tomatoes farm and yeah, moving around. After that, we moved to Kabultur to pick berries in Queensland berries for uh, one and a half months. It was pretty challenging because we have to to do and to be from pretty different places and situations that we didn't expect it. So it was quite tough picking zucchini, capsicums, because it was on the ground and you have to bending a whole day. But everyone was just have that patience. We Mm -hmm. were grateful because there is work that we can do and still earning money while thinking probably other people struggling without work and Mm. without money. Pretty various difficulties and problems at that time. But yes, we just encourage each other um, and hoping that COVID will be end soon. After six months, we back to Tasmania. But then again, we thought that we were able to go home after that. Mm. But no, the border the border remained closed at that time. So we have, after six months working in Tasmania, we have to go back to mainland again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Was it easier the second time? Yes, it was easier because our boss were able to find a better job. They knew some of the farmers that also had similar farm as Hillwood berries, like growing raspberries, strawberries and blackberries as well. So I think they were settled in better on, on the second time. So we were sent to Queensland berries and a few different farm like Tess and C farm, Stothart farm and Last year, my boss were able to find another farm in Bundaberg. So they also had um, a future plan to have another berries farm in Bundaberg. Oh, okay. Yes. So some of the crew working very hard last year to build new tunnels and planting strawberries and raspberries, blackberries in Bundaberg. Most of us at the moment, like for example, my colleague that have been working with Hillwood Berries under this program for four to five years, they were able to build house back home, mm-hmm. um, helping sisters or brothers to to keep study and to get a better education back home, to continue to university and yes, to have a better life. So. Yeah. It was really good so yeah. far. Yeah, yeah, because I guess the the money would go much further in East Timor than it would here. Correct. The difficulties is the different of the rates, the the currency, because we are using American 
dollars. Oh, okay. So when we send money home, it's a bit low, lower, lower rate. But yeah, most I think I think that that is also another motivation for us teamers to working more harder uh, to set a goals to you know like for today I need to be able to at least earn. 100 US dollar or 200 US dollar today. We're not looking at two Australian dollars. Yeah. <laughs> we were we were targeting US dollar. Okay. That yeah, motivating us to work hard and harder. When I went to mainland working with Queens and Berries, we stay in Mululaba. I've never been there in Mulu, but Mululaba was quite pretty. I think it's one of the tourist destinations. We stay close to the beach in one of the backpackers' accommodation. Lots of tourists, um, beautiful beaches, um, crowded. That I think one of the different the differences to Tasmania, Launceston. <laughs> mm. And the distance from the accommodation to the farm, it's a little bit longer. It took us about 40 minutes, 35 minutes from accommodation to the farm. But most of us found it, it's a good opportunity mm-hmm. to be able to see different different places. Mm-hmm. So we were able to go to see Brisbane cities and some other places to Gold Coast to try to um, get to the sky point um, mm-hmm. um, go and try roller coasters and see do sight some of sightseeing yeah. on our days off oh that's good because that makes by having those opportunities it makes the work a bit um, easier to deal with doesn't yes, it yes easy and also fun because yeah. then we were looking forward for another day off to be able to you know, visit other places um, yeah. and, and try something new apart from working and working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really that's really important. If you've just got work and you're in an isolated place, it can be difficult psychologically. Correct, especially um, be away from family for two years, yeah, pretty tough for us. So we were just trying to encourage each other and hope the COVID can you know like can can be um, can go on shortly so we were able to go home and see family and come back how do you hear about the seasonal work in the first place and why did you decide to apply because from what you've told me your previous experience was mostly in administrative jobs why did you decide to go for a seasonal seasonal work to be honest at that time i i don't know i can't remember why but I heard from my friends that working in a hospitality, doing hospitality work under the seasonal worker program. So I was oh, it was, it was quite interesting, and I was just decided to apply and to do to undergo the test. So at that time, we we need to do physical tests like running, doing sit up okay. and push up. So yeah, it's a bit like an army <laughs> but i did pass the the physic, physical test but i was i have to wait i think about a year until the department they call it sefope to get back to us like if if there's any farm come 
and find for workers if they require any worker. So I did apply in 2016, and but I was able to be to be selected in 2017 until Hillwood Berries went to Timor, and they said yeah, and they're sick for, and they were looking for workers. And I was just thinking, uh, probably it is a good time to try something different mm-hmm. than an administrative job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just probably just trying to challenge myself. <laughs> yeah. But um, it was pretty hard on my first season working at the field. Need to adjust with a lot of things. Uh, I know it's not something new. The challenges was the physical work. It's worth it until this opportunity to be able to get my daughter here and to have a better education i think it's it's worth it and what did you did you know anything about tasmania before you came here to be honest no <laughs> i didn't know anything about tasmania <laughs> i was because at that time i was only in darwin I, I i heard about sydney melbourne queensland but i wasn't really know about Tasmania. Um, the only thing that I know when Robin and Karen went to interview us and I started Google Tasmania, they said that Tasmania is really cold and mm-hmm. yeah, during winter, but summer probably a bit different from Timor. And yeah, I figured it out. <laughs> the summer is pretty actually <laughs> pretty um, sometimes can be pretty cold even even during summer yeah i should mention we're in launceston at the moment yeah (laughs) and your farm where's the farm that you work at it's in hillwood road it's in i think it's 15 minutes away from uh, my place they grow strawberry raspberry blackberry and blueberries and yeah it is i can say it's a picking season at the moment from during december january and it will be slowing down in February. will go up again and it will be slowing down in March, April. And normally the season will be finished around May to June. At that time, some workers will go home and probably some of them will be reallocated to Bundaberg or Queensland to do another season in, in, in Bundaberg, Queensland. Apart from the physical side of the work, were there any other things that you had to uh, adjust to or adapt to when you came here? Language barrier, I think, one of the most uh, thing that all of us need to adjust. Personally, Australian accent is pretty different <laughs> mm-hmm. from my working experience. This slang language um, yeah. that um, the people at the farm using, it's quite difficult for us. But the weather, the culture, um, the food, the, mm-hmm. I think the most uh, challenges for everyone because our main food is rice. And the vegetables that are pretty different from back home yep. that we, we can't find in here. So what, what would you typically eat in um, East Timor? What would be, what would be a usual, usual meal for you? Rice, green veg- vegetables, as cassava. Mm-hmm. I don't know in English, but kangkung, cassava leaves. 
corn, sweet potatoes. Our main dish is also, we call it koto. It's a red bean, red beans that mix it with vegetables and they can put um, different different green vegetables. Mm-hmm. It's quite, yeah, it's quite traditional food. Also taro mm-hmm. that we can have with um, green salad. Yeah, that, yeah, we, we're struggling to find here. <laughs> but have you been able to adapt to any local foods? Pasta, spaghetti, <laughs> <laughs> sandwiches. Yeah. I'm not too too fuzzy about food as well, but mm-hmm. personally, I don't eat fruit. Um, so anything related to fruit, I, I cannot eat. <laughs> Even though you work on a fruit farm. Yes, so... Well, that's probably good for your employers. They know yeah, that's what I tell them. Because <laughs> <laughs> I never test one of the berries until now. <laughs> oh. So far, we're good. Just trying to get to, to, um, to also encourage my daughter to be able to adjust uh, as much as she can. Yeah, my main goal to to work in Australia also for her to be able to get a better education. So her main language at school is English. So she's she's not she's not that struggling. Yeah. Just. So I guess it was just a matter of getting uh, used to the uh, slang, the, the colloquial Launceston dialect. <laughs> correct, correct, yes. But yeah, she was able, because she stayed in boarding house, so she was able to find friends and adjust, I think, a little bit easier because she had about a hundred something um, students in boarding house mm-hmm. and they were looking after her very well it was easy for her to socialize in the beginning i guess you then you already have a bit of a community set up you don't have to find it correct yeah so it was a bit easier for her because she was there and just a matter to adjust um, and then to socialize with friends at school at boarding house and to be able to adjust to the activities at school that we don't find it back home and what, what what sort of activities for example a rock climbing rock climbing yeah that that was pretty um, new for her so I think two months ago before school holiday she went for a school camp and they did rock climbing yeah but she loved it um it was she she still said until last night it was one of the best experiences that i will never forget <laughs> yeah wow yes um and yeah so far because she was late she arrived in may last year while the school already started but this year she's going to start a full year so she's excited yeah she said that she will do her best she is planning to do um, surgeon to be a surgeon oh, in the wow. future. Yeah, that is our main goals because uh, we think that um, as a new country, Timor Leste really need um, skills 
and um, resources to be able to develop our country yeah. and to help. Since you came with the uh, seasonal working program, have there been more groups of East Timorese come to Tasmania? I can say yes, it has grown a lot. If I'm not wrong, in Hillwood Berries at the moment, we have we already have more than 200 Timorese oh, right. well. working in Hillwood Berries, and not including other farm like Mountford Berries, and also I know another farm, Morakai Berries. They also had quite a few of Timorese. Maybe so far I can say 500 in yeah, Launceston, right. I think. If yeah. I'm not wrong, <laughs> I'm just guessing, but I think nearly 500 Timorese workers. Probably you know that we also had unemployment issues back home. Mm-hmm. I think this is also one of the reasons why um, so many Timorese wanted, wanted to be part on this program because we don't have enough work available back home. And do um, the team are here? Do they do you have get-togethers sometimes? Yes, we are, but it sometimes it is difficult because of the working working load that we had. Because we never know, as the as a picker, we we, we never know what time you're going to finish. It really depends on yeah. the quantity of the fruit that day. So some other day, if it's raining or if it's too cold, we can we can finish a bit earlier. But if it's nice and hot, there will be more fruits than we can work until four to five o'clock. So it really depends. But a few months ago, I think we had a service back in in Kings Meadow. One of the colleagues from Hobart, she I think she's here as a student. She's trying to um, organize um, a service in one of the Catholic church in Kings Meadow, and yeah. We were able to gather together, uh, have the, have one of the Catholic priests came from Hobart and have that service together f- from all the different farms. And last year as well, we had the same thing. So it, it's difficult, but we do have something once a year that we can meet up somewhere whether in at the church or in one of the celebration yeah uh, and normally every year karen and robin took us to to attend the anzac day in hobart mm, so i think that's where most of the chimneys will gather together and catch up every year as this year i think um it's a lot of us too many um mm-hmm. So we we don't know everyone, but every time if we meet up somewhere, we we know that it is oh yeah it is Timorese, yeah. <laughs> and yeah if we're able to say hi, then we will talk to each other and ask are you, are you from Hillwood Berries or from which farm? Then the time that we okay we we know and we catch up, but. Yeah, uh, I think most, I know most of the returning workers that have been working in Tasmania for three to four seasons. But uh, this year, I think there are a lot of new workers as well. We don't really know everyone at the moment. We 
which is a good sign. Um, I think it is a good sign that actually the farm happy with with our effort and our work. Oh, 